Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. and comics podcast it's that spooky time of year again halloween is creeping up soon and i figured i'd share a spooky story with everybody but not too spooky we're traveling back to the golden age with this one it's an ibis the invincible story from wiz comics number 88 published in 1947 the only known credit for the story is the art which was done by kurt schaffenberger otherwise it's like most golden age stories where the creator credits are unknown. This story is called The Man with Nine Lives. Our story opens with narration from a mysterious cat god telling of his worshippers and their lives of servitude. However, one has escaped this cult and seeks to betray them. He seeks out Ibis, who just so happens to be relaxing at his home on such a cold, snowy evening. Belgor, the man on the run, tells Ibis of his history with cat worship including watching their dark sacrifices. Belger escaped just after being chosen as the next sacrifice, but now the cat worshippers are after him. At that very moment, an army of black cats jumps through the window and begins to attack Ibis and Belgor. Blow after blow, the two men knock the cats back, but for every one they knock back, another takes its place. Ibis quickly uses the magical Ibis stick. Yes, I know what it sounds like. Shut up. To summon the literal hound of hell, Cerberus. The great three-headed dog makes quick work of the cats, killing one and sending the rest scurrying away. The dead cat reverts back to the form of a man! Ibis sends Cerberus back to its home and decides to wage war on the cat worshippers personally. Returning to their citadel, the cat worshippers report to their god that they have lost three of their number in the ordeal. By the cat's orders, Ibis must die. The next day, Ibis and his lady companion Tayo walk along the city streets when they spot a cat in the middle of the street. Ibis jumps into the street to save the poor kitty. If not for his magical Ibis stick, he and the cat both would surely be run over by a moving van. Ibis is no fool, though. He quickly surmises that the cat is no coincidence, and deduces that it must have been a plot by the cat worshippers. Secretly following the cat, Ibis discovers that the cat has transformed back into the high priest of the cat worshippers. Ibis attempts to take the magical cat idol the priest has used to transform. Priest wrestles Ibis to the ground and points a dagger at Ibis's heart. Ibis manages to manipulate the priest's arm, and the dagger plunges into the priest's heart instead. As Ibis walks away, the same dagger whooshes by his head. It is the priest, fully alive and recovered. 
Ibis takes the dagger and again plunges it into the man's heart. Ibis leaves the man's body and takes the cat idol with him. We are once again greeted with narration from the cat god who tells us, I have conferred upon my priest the gift of nine lives, seven with which to kill Prince Ibis. The scene ends with the priest bowing before his god and swearing the death of Ibis. All right, let's take a quick break for a promo, and we'll be right back with my thoughts on this issue. It's midnight, the podcasting hour. Hello, listeners. It's your friend, PJ Frightful. That's PJ as in podcast jockey. And I'm dropping dreadful new episodes every two weeks. When the clock strikes midnight, the podcasting hour shines a candle on the dark corners of DC Comics. Those supernatural sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The Podcasting Hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware. All right, we're back. And did I say thoughts on this issue? This is only one of several stories in this issue of Wiz Comics. First off, just to let you know, this story is continued in the next issue, Wiz Comics number 89, if you're curious to read and see how it ends. Ibis was pretty much like any other mystical and magical characters at the time, but he had the Ibis Stick in his possession. The Ibis Stick is pretty much a deus ex machina that lets the writer have Ibis do whatever needs to be done to, for the plot to move forward. However, with all that corny Golden Age stuff in mind, I still really enjoy this. Like, a lot. This is a story that could easily serve as the plot for a Hammer horror film. And if you're trying to argue with me, seriously, go back and watch some of those old Hammer horror movies. Most any of the Mummy movies play out in a similar fashion, and personally I would be thrilled to see something like this in a movie. Especially from those bygone days of horror movies. Possibly even with Peter Cushing as Ibis. The art is some pretty average for Golden Age, but the designs for the Cat Priest are pretty impressive. That Lady Taya, in the words of the Irredeemable Shag, she's hot. Ibis's design is admittedly a bit of a stereotype, especially you know, with the turban, but it works for the era, I suppose. He'd look more like a sideshow fortune teller these days than some Egyptian prince or something. The story is really intriguing. It moves along at a fast pace, but you're never left confused or trying to figure out what happened. The only thing I'd like more clarification about is what happened to poor Belgor. That guy just vanished midway through the first cat attack. I really mean it, though. This needed to be a horror movie or suspense thriller back in the 50s or 60s. It even could have spawned a franchise of Ibis movies. He could fight against supernatural threats like the cat cult or other such horrors. 
truly, truly a missed opportunity. If you're interested in this or other IBIS adventures, they can be found at the Digital Comics Museum for free. I highly recommend them to everybody, especially if you have an interest in the Golden Age or in spooky stories in general. Alright, well let's take a break for another promo, and I'll be back in the feedback section called Espresso Yourself. The Supermates couldn't stop it. Amazing. It's incredible. The Fire and Water Network couldn't contain it. We didn't come here to fight with monsters. We're not equipped for it. The House of Frankenstein returns in 4D. They meet at the castle and hold debauched gatherings. Four blood-curdling episodes. Four classic horror films. Four supernatural adventures with your favorite superheroes. Four chances to lose your mind with sheer terror. Starring Lon Chaney Jr. When the full moon rises... I turn into a werewolf with only one desire in my mind, to kill. John Carradine. I am Count Dracula, but I'm known to the outside world as Baron Latos. You see before you a man who has lived for centuries, kept alive by the blood of innocent people. Julia Adams. Please, what is it you found? I don't know what you call it. It sounds incredible, but it appeared to be human. Peter Cushing. This place has been accursed to the evil of some who abide here. And at long last, Vincent Price. Nine killed you. Nine shall die and be returned your loss. Coming in September and October to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I can't wait. There isn't time. There is time. House, House of, of Frankenstein. 4D. My work is nearly finished. Go now. Destroy all I have created. I'm going to have some coffee. What do you want? Some uh, milk or uh, what? Milk? Coffee's fine. Yeah, I drink it. I'm hip. I don't know. This is espresso, you know? It's like coffeezilla. I said I'm hip. Hey, thanks for sticking with me. I wanted to give some acknowledgement to people who shared our show on social media. On Twitter, we got favorites and retweets from Greg Arusho, Comics in the Golden Age, MOS6502, Calvinist Beast, Andrew Todd, Lauren Skinkus Art, Professor Frenzy, Chris Thompson at Pop Culture Hound, Cash Flag, Bat Minute 89, Rad Adventures Network, Relatively Geeky, Jeffrey Brown, Justice's First Dawn, Reggie Reggie of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast, Randy Andrews, at the Gen 13 Files, which is a Gen 13 podcast for anybody interested. Chris of Bat Books for Beginners. Odell Abner Dracula. Siskoid of Siskoid's Blog of Geekery and the Fire and Water Network. Rolled Spine Podcast. Paul Hicks. Swagger. Tim Price. Laurel at Mountain Flower One. Nexus of All and Ryan Daly. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gregor Rougeau, 
Pat Sampson, and Gautam Shiorin. Uh, feedback for last episode, which, a reminder, that was the Incredible Hulk episode. Jerry Green from Bat Books for Beginners said, Great work, guys. Lots of lazy Sunday afternoon reading here. Also, I will never look at the George Washington Bridge the same again. Oh, Jerry, hopefully you don't have to cross it too many times. Comics in the Golden Age said it was a great episode and he really enjoyed it. Thank you. Iowa's Joe Crawford said, great job, Greg and Clinton. Two of you work together real well together. I said together twice. He only said it once. Sorry. I enjoyed the episode. Well, back to my laundry and comics. Maybe that needs to be the spinoff show. Sunday Laundry and Comics. I also got an email from friend of the show, Darren Sutherland. Darren is the D of the Rad Adventures Network of shows. He co-hosts them with his lovely wife, Ruth. Darren writes, I thoroughly enjoyed your chat today with Greg. It was a nice twist for the upcoming excuse me. It was a nice twist for the upcoming film and your conversation provided some nice insights. If you are interested in hearing more about Thor, I recommend the Mighty Thorcast with Ed and Terry Moore. It's always fun. Hearing Martin Gray's comments about the Superhero Girls episode reminded me that I meant to write about that episode as well. But as is often the case, I was listening at a time when I couldn't write and then I forgot conversation between you and Ange in that episode was lots of fun, but I sadly haven't been able to bring myself to watch the show. I would rather see some other DC superhero girls in the program, like Mara, rather than making heroes out of villains like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, just because they are popular characters. Sadly, that's just been an issue I can't get past in order to try the show, but the two of you still made the conversation fun for me. Well, Darren, I appreciate the recommendation on the show. Uh, as far as looking at the um, the superhero girls, um, yeah, I, I can I, I can agree with you. Um, Harley Quinn is kind of all over the place. I'm afraid we're never going to get past her. But honestly, how many people knew about Bumblebee outside of mainstream comics fans? You know, if you weren't a Titans fan, you probably didn't know who Bumblebee was. A lot of girls are getting introduced to her. And there are side characters who pop up, uh, but again, like you said, some of them are, well, villains that get got made into superheroes, or at the very least, anti-heroes. Catwoman shows up, um, Star Sapphire, but yeah, I... I'm kind of with you. I could stand to see, you know, Mara. I could stand to see Dove, the Don Granger version, not Don Hall. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, maybe you should pass those along to Shay Fontana, see what she says. All right. I think that will do it for this episode. I appreciate everybody sticking with me. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. And... Feel free to come back next time, where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. Thanks for listening.
This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Thank you.